Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you for listening in again. My name is Jessica. Welcome to the Stark Naked Podcast. I am still with this setup. I don't know. I could literally just turn around my desk and make it to where I can have the microphone, but I'm just going to hold it for now. It's like a big penis that I'm holding. So today I wanted to speak about neuroplasticity, but I'm going to make it a little more fun and understanding because I think I've spoken about it before on my podcast, but it's a word that like when you hear it, you're like, what? Like your neuro, you know, that that means like your brain and plasticity, like it's plastic. Basically, that is what it is. But I think right now in our society and really the world in social media, we tend to hear terms and really attach to the terms like gaslighting, narcissist, um, good vibes, karma, um, ADHD, there's so many, bipolar, borderline personality disorders. Like a lot of people can really take these terms and really twist them um, just because they heard something on social media and it's like, oh, I know what that means now. And neuroplasticity is a big word that's in the psychedelic um, realm because psychedelics do create a state of neuroplasticity. And I don't know, I'm looking at myself right now and I'm looking at this. I guess I should just look at this. I'm just going to check to see what I look like, which it doesn't matter every now and then. So neuroplasticity is created from taking psychedelics, but it's also created, you know, when you're a kid and your brain is very open, it's in a neuroplastic state. Um, Ketamine creates neuroplasticity, having fun creates neuroplasticity, being in the moment, um, meditation, it puts your brain in this state. So the whole idea behind neuroplasticity is, how many times am I going to say neuroplasticity? I just said it again. The whole idea behind this term is the brain, make sure my dog's not there, is opening up. As we get older, our brains start to form programs. So when you're a kid and they say, you know, from one to seven or zero to seven are your most uh, most valuable years for learning. You're very moldable and malleable. And your your brain is like a sponge because it's in the state. And I don't know, I mean, I don't, I don't think that right when you turn eight, it turns off. I think that your brain continues to, but it's just as we get older, our brains are very easily programmed to stay the same. So when, you know, you ride a bike or when you learn how to play a piano or even speaking, literally speaking, is your brain going through neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity is basically your brain learning anything new. And when it's in a neuroplastic state, that means that it's more open to learning something new. But the whole idea with psychedelics is like, oh, it creates this neuroplastic state and like you're able to like your brain is able to make form or um, connections that it usually is not able to make because, which is true, because on a normal day, we run of our, we run off of our default mode network, which the default mode is your every day. It's when you wake up, you brush your teeth. You check your phone, check your emails, uh, 
have like very run of the mill conversations with people, uh, eat at the same times, um, go to the same place. You can drive to work without even realizing how you got there because it's a very, um, you're just very not in the moment. You're kind of up here. Your default mode is default. So your brain is in default. So you don't really have to be in the present moment because it's like your brain's like, oh, I got this. So the whole idea of having neuroplasticity, it's, you know, learning new things is very hard. That's why people, when they go to therapy and they're trying to like break through all of this stuff that all these traumas and triggers and all the shit that's happened to them and they can't really seem to change, it's because the brain has been programmed to be in this default mode for so long that, you know, as we get older, like you're when you're talking about somebody in their 70s, that they're trying to change a program that's been in their brain since they were a kid. Good luck, you know, but it's not saying that it's impossible, but it does take a lot and a lot of talk therapy. And we have I've had a lot of patients come in that have been in talk therapy for a long time, a long time, and they have not been able to really get through a breakthrough basically, to break through the program that is so heavy set in their brain. So a lot of people talk about this neuroplasticity, and it's great. It's awesome. Um, It's a cool term to know, but it can go positive or negative. So it's not a it's not a good term. It doesn't mean good things. It could mean good things, but when you take – ketamine or psychedelics or when you start really getting into the present moment your brain really starts to open up get out of that default mode and then this is when you decide to make some changes am I going to start doing things that create a positive habit to get out of my old habits that I want to change or am I going to slip back into some negative habits and am I going to start creating new programs that are negative so Neuroplasticity is not a positive or a negative. It's up to you. You are the medicine, as cliche as that sounds. You are the one that is changing everything. So I heard this quote yesterday that said, when man, if man was to ever find utopia, I'm probably going to butcher it, but if man was to ever find utopia, the first thing he would do is complain. I thought it was like, hilarious because it's so true and I don't even know if I talked about that in the last episode I really like I just I forget what I say but I thought it was so funny because we are so hardwired to be in a negative state like if somebody I posted on my Instagram that quote it's from some guy for fertile doxy it's some uh I'm gonna butcher his name I don't even I couldn't even I don't even know how those letters can go together and make a word. He might be Russian. He might be something. I don't know. Is he Ukraine? Ukrainian maybe? But hearing that quote, it's just, it's it's such a negative quote and it's so like cynical, but it makes so much sense because no matter what we do as humans, no matter what, if we finally get to the end goal of where we want to be, we finally get to the job that we want to do or that we want to have, we finally find the partner that we've been waiting for in this like romance love story, like we finally find that person or 
we finally move to a different place and it's like, oh, I finally am in the place that I believe I belong. Excuse me, I'm just going to have to go ahead and close this door one second. Okay, guys. All right. All right. We're going to see how that goes. I'm closing the door. I feel like I have kids. Um, hopefully the barking isn't bothering you, but this is just my real life. I'm sorry. So no matter what we do, we always like to think that like once we get somewhere, we're finally going to be happy. Like we're finally going to like something is going to switch inside and we're going to be like, oh my God, I'm finally, I'm here. I'm at this place that I've been working for for so long and I'm at this place where I've been longing to be and then now I'm here, now what? And a lot of people, not a lot of people, everybody, it just, it is the way it is. We're very programmed to always be looking for something more, programmed to be looking for something different. It's evolution, like the, the whoever, whomever created us or whatever created us, we're humans because we're we're here to continually evolve and continually evolving means that we're always going to be looking for something better to be doing something more to becoming something greater to earning more to living in you know a different place the brain loves change but then it also doesn't love change so it's a, it's a weird uh, ironic thing going on there but we always think that like once we get to this place, this utopia, like I'm sure that right now you can, you know, think about something that you are so like looking forward to. Like what is your dream? What's your dream? What's the dream job? What's the dream amount of money in the bank account? What's the dream house? What's the dream relationship? And I can attest to this myself. It is so true because... I was working in hospitals. I absolutely did not like working in hospitals. I hated working in hospitals. But then I was like, oh, I'm going to start travel nursing. Maybe that'll make me happier. Oh, and then I start travel nursing and I start, and it was awesome, fucking awesome. I love traveling and I love seeing new places. I love, My brain really loves to like be in new spots. It really does. If I could have any dream job, it would be to host a TV show where I do different jobs for like, like, you know, like undercover boss, how they like try, but that's, it's like their company or maybe like dirty jobs, but not dirty jobs. Like I want to work at McDonald's for a week. I want to work at Barnes and Noble for a week. I want to become a trash man for a week. I want to become a lady that works at the cash register at Bloomingdale's for a week. Like I want to be able to, or, or a man that works at Bloomingdale's. I want to be able to do different things. I want to be, you know, fly a plane for a week, but I guess it's just more things that I could do on my level. That would be my dream. But I started travel nursing and I started doing all these things and I was like, oh, this is going to be like amazing. Okay. So I'm going to keep traveling and I'm going to keep doing different things. And then as time set in, I kind of got a little bit like, fuck, I'm not that happy anymore. I'm not as happy as I thought I was going to be. And then I start to, you know, I'm like, oh, maybe it's because I need a relationship. So I'm going to stop being a little fuck girl and I'm going to stop dating around. And I finally started focusing on myself and then I found somebody and I'm like, oh, this is my relationship and I'm in a great relationship. And then you start to notice like 
after a while, our brains just get used to things. Our brains, our default mode is just to take in the environment around us, take everything in. That's why our brains like new things because it's taking in new things. And sometimes new things can be anxiety driven or anxiety. You could be anxiety ridden by new things if people don't really like change because their brain, it's like there's too much going on already to take in new things. But my brain has always been wired to want to like, like to, to meet new people, see new things. Like I've always loved that. Even moving around my furniture, I love doing because it's like, I like the change of it. I like sleeping on a different side of the bed. So our brains are just very hardwired to become used to things because we have to. Our brain needs to know what's going on around us to feel safe. And if it doesn't really understand something, that's when it gets a little bit, uh, nerve-wracking. Your your nervous system starts to get a little like shaky. So we're always looking for these new things to do and always like seeing like when I get there, that's going to be when I'm happy. When I get there, that's when I'm going to be happy. When I get that car, that's when I'm going to be happy. But the moment that you get a new car, that feeling feels good inside. You're like, fuck yeah, this is great. I get to drive this new car. I'm going to take some pictures. I'm going to post them on Instagram. And then I'm going to post them on Snapchat. And then I'm going to send them to my friends. I'm going to post them on Facebook. And then I'm going to start driving around. And I'm going to see who everybody is looking at me in this car. And then if anybody asks any questions, I'm going to tell you all about this car. I love this car. I've been wanting this car forever. After a few months, guess what? You get fucking used to the car. We get used to everything. Because we're going into default mode. Your default mode is just getting used to things. It's it's your brain starting to register something that happens every single day and you're taking it in and then it takes it in and it creates a program and it's like, okay, this is the car that we drive. And then this is, you know, this is the music that we like to listen to inside of the car. And then this is what we like to post about the car. And this is like, it feels good when we see this like from this person or this convert, this this comment from this convert this comment from this person and we like this. So we're going to make this a program. And it's just like we enjoy, our brain really just enjoys making programs. That's just what it does. It's not a computer uh, because I've heard I was corrected. I wasn't corrected. I read something that corrected me. I corrected myself because your brain is not a computer, but it's a, I forgot what the thing was. I'll let you guys know. But your brain is just an information grabber and maybe we'll say it's a fucking computer it's okay I'm allowed to say that it's a computer it takes in information it creates new programs so then that is your new norm if you were living a life where you were living differently every day like you did something different every single day that would be too much. Your brain would be like, whoa, overload. I'm still trying to register what happened yesterday. So now you want me to do so we're we're registering something that's happening new today. So it's always finding that balance. But when we start getting used to things, the brain is like, okay, this is cool. So now we're, we're good. I created this program. Now we have this. Now I'm used to seeing this and everything's okay. So now we're surviving because the brain doesn't really care about thriving. It doesn't care for you to really experience happiness. 
the the function of the brain is to keep us safe, keep us in homeostasis, make us feel comfortable. And the default mode is comfort because the brain just wants to feel safe. It doesn't want to feel like it's being attacked all the time. So when we can do things that are like the same, that's why they say with people who have anxiety, which I used to do this all the time, I would watch reruns of Sex in the City and Vanderpump Rules. It was two shows that I've like literally watched all seasons like eight times, eight times through. More than that, probably. Like I could tell you every single thing that happens in every single episode and every single word that the person is going to say. But I did that because it felt comfortable and my brain knew what was going to happen. So even when like somebody's having anxiety, it's kind of a hack that your brain creates that it's like it wants to put on something familiar. So when I'm going to bed, I never put on, even though I know I'm not supposed to be watching TV and we do turn off the TV before bed sometimes, but sometimes we just want to like chill on the couch or I'll be high and I just want to watch something funny. I'll never put on something that's new. You want to put on something that you have seen before because it's like your brain can really like just relax and it's like background noise. You're not supposed to have your TV in the bedroom, but I just grew up that way and I just enjoy it and it's not whatever. It's not that big of a deal. I'll probably get, you know, maybe we'll get rid of it one day. Maybe not. So the brain just wants to feel comfort. It creates these programs. And then as we start living in these programs, we get used to them. And so there's nothing really that's like sparking joy in our life. So then we start to lean towards the negative. We start to lean towards the negative bias of life. And, you know, think about it. Like when you, when you're switching jobs and you're really excited about switching jobs, you, you got this new job, you start, you did the interview and now you're, it's like your first week working that first week, it's just like the first day of school. Like you are dressed to the nines. You have your outfit picked out the day before because it's something new and it's exciting and you're ready to go. Like you're so excited to go to this new job and see the new things. And oh, this is going to be the bathroom that I shit in every morning after I drink my coffee. And then this is going to be the friends area where we all kind of congregate and we talk because my friend is here that works here that I know that they got me the job. And then I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring my lunch bag, my lunchbox, my lunch bag, my lunchbox full, you know, I'm going to make my food and I'm going to, it's like you have a new lease on life. Like you're changing up your habits because of this new work situation. And in like COVID, when people got to stay home from work, that was fucking great too. Everybody was like, oh, I don't have to wake up and like get dressed. I could just like chill and I could like, I could sit and I could finally sleep in a little bit more and I could finally eat breakfast with my, with my person or my kids. And now I could finally just like chill and I could be at home. But then after a while, people are like, this is not good. Like, I need to be around humans. I need to be around people. What am I doing? I feel like a fucking recluse, a hermit. The brain wants new, but it also likes to be comfortable. 
So, but then as we do something new, it's exciting and it's like your brain starts to create those programs of like, this is the new bathroom that we're going to shit in every morning. And this is the Starbucks that I'm going to stop on my way to work. And then this is the area I'm going to create my desk. I'm going to make it look like this. This is what the desk is going to look like. It's new stuff that's going on in your brain. So your brain is starting to hit new, new areas where it's like, oh, we've never seen this before. It's lighting up. But as you do the same thing every single day, after a couple months, you get used to it. So then we start to slip into out of the nuance of it all. The brain starts to slip into the programs of the default mode. And then that's when our brain starts to, our, our little ego starts to come in and be like, just not fucking like happy today. Like what are I, you know, cause you're so used to what's going on already. So you don't need to be in the present moment. You already know what's going on. So you're like, Oh man, like I'm driving to work. You already know, you know, I'm going to stop and get this egg white bites and I'm going to get this uh, cold brew with chocolate foam. That's what I get every morning. Not me, but I, I do love that one though, but I got to stay away from caffeine because I get fucking anxiety. So I get this and then I'm going to drive there and then I'm going to be like, Hey, Hey, Sandra, what's up? Hey, Natalie. Hi, Connor. How you doing? Okay, I sit down. And then you start to ruminate. And then you start to be like, oh, what happened last week? Or, oh, why don't I feel as good as I did the first week? What am I feeling? Like, why? And then you start to just, like, think about, like, I should really, I need to fucking go to the gym. Why am I not going to the gym? I just need to, I need to like, I, I thought that I, when I was going to change my workplace, I was going to start doing this and maybe that's what I need to start doing. And then you start to just really get into your head and that becomes your new default. The negative bias, the negative loops. We're very prone to tapping into the negative. Somebody gives you a compliment or you post a picture. 10 people start saying things that are just like, this is the cutest picture ever. I love this so much. You look so beautiful. Oh my God, girl, slay. I can't wait to, I just, I'm just trying to look like you. And then one person says, I don't even know what somebody would say. Like, I don't, I've, like, it'd be so mean, but like, oh, you look like you gained weight or <laughs> like, uh, uh, or they just put LOL. I don't know. Like that would be like, what the fuck? What are, they, what are they laughing at? So you look at that, all of the the cool, nice, beautiful messages go out the door and then you look at that one thing because the brain loves to look at negative because negative means we are not safe and negative starts to trigger something inside of you. So somebody says you look like you gained weight, you have a trigger about your insecurities in your body, so something starts to shake inside of you where you're like, that really bothered me, like, wow, what, that person, like, I, so you're not seeing all the other people that said you look beautiful or handsome, you're seeing this one person that said, you look kind of small, dude, or you looked like you gained weight, girl, or you look so healthy. I would be like, what do you... That's a trigger inside of us. Something happens inside of our body. It creates a shakeup. And then our nervous system starts to kick in. And we are like, oh my God, I am not safe. Because your brain doesn't know the difference between 
something attacking you and you truly being in danger or a trigger that's really getting to you and you're like, holy fuck, it doesn't know the difference. So it's going to start bringing about the manifestations of the physical. You start to get like upset. You start to ruminate about it. You start to get mad at yourself. You're like, oh my God, they're right. I do look healthy. I'm starting to look a little bit more voluptuous. Then I fucking, I haven't gone to the gym in three days and I feel like my fucking arms are so tiny now. Like what the fuck have I been doing? And it just takes over. We love to focus on the negative. That's it. We have a bias towards the negative. It's the way that the brain is because the brain is always looking for something to fix to make us survive. So anything going on that's wrong in our environment, the brain automatically goes, we need to fix this. We need to ruminate on this. We need to think about this. The nervous system needs to get into fight or flight because we need to get ready to fix this because this makes us feel unsafe. The default mode is now turned on and that is your default. The more that you do that, the more every day that you start to ruminate about the negative, the harder that negative loop becomes. It's ingrained. It's like these programs are like like somebody taking a fucking knife and going... Like they're not stabbing you, but like making a, a divot, making a a crease, making a peaks and valleys, making a valley, making a valley. Like you're in the snow and you're snowboarding and you it's all fresh powder and then you're going down the same trail over and over and over and over again. The deeper it gets, the harder that ice gets and it's ingrained. So the whole idea with neuroplasticity is it allows you to open up that ski uh, run, open up a new ski run. So it's all, or it's not that, I, people say that it's, they've said neuroplasticity, I've heard this analogy of like snow coming over and like making new, like new trails so you can like, it's covering up the old trails. I don't believe that you're ever going to cover up your old program forever. I feel like the old program is always going to be there, but the whole idea is you're creating a new program that you use over and over and over again of positivity, of looking, I'm not saying to be like this optimistic Olivia, optimist, I don't know, I was thinking of an O name, an optimistic Ollie, where you're just like, oh, everything is beautiful no matter what, and just focusing on those affirmations, and I'm so beautiful, and I'm so happy, and I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, everything is great in my life. You can say that, that is great, but sometimes your brain is going to know, like, I think we're, I think we're talking shit, I think that we're actually not, I don't believe you, I don't believe you, I don't believe you, I don't believe you. So that's really where the work comes in of this neuroplastic state is you don't have to do drugs to get into a neuroplastic state. All you have to do is tap into mindfulness. And I know, I know everybody is like, what the fuck is mindfulness? Everybody keeps talking about mindfulness and I can't meditate. I can't meditate. I don't know how to meditate. You don't know how to meditate because it's not a program in your brain. Just like you probably don't know how to change the oil in your car because you've never done it before. But if you practice doing it, you could do it. Meditating is probably a little bit harder than learning how to oil change because oil changing is textbook. It's like I do this, 
and I do this and I'm done. Meditating is in here. There is no textbook for this shit. So what we got to do is mindfulness first. If you don't know how to meditate. Sitting in mindfulness. I saw something the other day that said like, the guy was like, this is a practice of what was it? Like focus it, focus on your feet. It was something like that. It's as, mindfulness is as easy as focusing on your feet. So the whole idea is you are in the middle of the day, you start to set some alarms, practice mindfulness for one minute. Cool. The alarm goes off, you're at work, you stop doing your work for a second because it's okay. And if it's not, it's okay, then you could do it later, whatever. But at home, in the morning is usually a great time to do it because your brain is not in that uh, beta state of being like in the here and now. It's still kind of like in the theta realm, the, the theta waves where it's like kind of like out there. You focus, you sit or you stand, whatever it is that you are doing. Probably don't do it while you're driving because we want you to be focused on driving. But even though a lot of people aren't even fucking focused on driving, so whatever. But don't do it while you're driving. You sit and you start to focus on your feet. Start wiggling your toes. And you start to really wiggle your toes. And there might be some thoughts that are going on in your mind. Like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I'm wiggling my toes. And then you start to slip into the default mode of like, I need to do this and I got it for, I need to set a reminder for me to get that thing at the store because I need to stop it. Oh, and then you catch yourself and then you go back to focusing on your feet and you feel the ground underneath and the whole practice of mindfulness and meditation because it is a practice and nobody ever will become perfect at it because that's not the idea. It is a practice that you do just like when you go to the gym and you build up your muscles. You don't just do it once and then you're fixed. You don't just do it once and then now you have the perfect body. No, your muscles get bigger and if you stop working on them, what do they do? They shrink because that's just what it is. But you know what's great? Muscle memory. Your brain has muscle memory and so do your muscles on your physical body. So you're sitting there and you're, you're feeling the bottom of your feet you're feeling like the the shoes, are the shoes tight? Are they whatever? You don't really need to overthink it because don't get out of your get out of your default mode. And then every time that you start to feel or you start to recognize that a thought comes through, you just bring yourself back to focusing on your feet. And then, or you could do the five, four, three, two, one method where it's like, fucking this, I need to figure out a way to hold this microphone. It's the I think it's like five things that you can see. Four things that you can touch. Um, three things that you can, I want to get this right. Three things that you can maybe, no, not smell, because there's not many smells, I would imagine. Or maybe it's just me. Uh, three things that you can what, hear. Two things that you can, what are the fucking senses? Touch, smell, hearing, sound. What what are my taste? Oh, taste. So it's just like figuring that out. Like one thing that you can taste or one thing that you could smell. Two things that you can hear. Three things and you really put the focus on it. Like right now, three thing or five things that I could hear, I could see my plant right there, 
my water bottle. And when you're doing it, you're really using intention with it. The whole idea of being a human and getting out of the default mode is intention. Because when you do something with intention, you're not in la-la land. You're not in your default mode. You're in this mode. You're in the present mode. So that's the whole point of mindfulness is bringing yourself into the present mode so you're not constantly having the thoughts that are in la-la land in your default mode. So right now, I can see my water bottle. I can see this microphone in the camera. I can see my plant. I could see my mushroom portrait. I can see, how many am I on? I could see the knobs on the closet doors. I can see my meditation pillow right here. Four things that I can, oh my God, why am I so, what? touch. Jesus Christ. I can touch. I'm touching this microphone and I'm being pretty present about it. I'm touching it, touching it, touching it. I am touching my desk. I'm touching my phone. Go away. I'm touching my scrubs. I'm touching my hair. I think that was five. Sorry. Three things that I can hear. I'm sure you could hear my dog, or maybe you can't, but I hear my my puppy being a little little brat, not getting her way because I'm not opening the door. I can hear the TV on out there. I hear my dog again. I hear, I mean, I, I can kind of hear like the, the noise of the, I have these headphones on, so I guess a little bit harder, but I think I could hear some cars. And then two things, I could smell the chicken that I burned a little earlier and like you look for things, like just like do something, like smell yourself maybe. I could smell my B.O. And then one thing I can taste, which is the chicken that I burned earlier. So what that's doing is creating a sense of presence. And when you're in a state of presence, you're not in your default mode. And all it takes is a couple times a day, a couple minutes a day of practicing that. But the whole idea is it is practice. You can take off a day from practicing it, just like you take off a day from the gym. But it is really nice to be able to practice something like that. And once you start doing that, it gets you out of the negative loop that is that default mode that is just your brain trying to survive and find things to worry about so it can make sure that everything is perfect because it's it really is true the brain doesn't know the difference between this reality and the thoughts that are going on which is crazy like there's a study that was done with basketball players and they did they took two groups of basketball players they had one of them really really practice like physically practice shooting hoops and they had the other group think about shooting the hoops they were visually watching themselves dribble the ball shoot the hoop they could have been watching videos about it or something maybe no I think it was completely just all in their mind and they were doing that and they did that for like a week with these groups both of the people got better at shooting hoops both of the groups because the brain doesn't know the difference between what's physically happening and what's not and what's going on in our head. So, and that might be a pretty insane thing, but it is, you could Google it. It's a true thing. I did read that. But the whole idea is it's letting your bot, let's, let's just let our bodies know that we're not in danger 
Anytime that we catch ourselves being a little bit negative towards ourselves, understand that it's just a biological thing. Maybe it's evolution just trying to make sure that everything is cool, but we can like tell ourselves like, it's okay. We don't need to think negatively about this. We don't need to worry about this. It's okay. Hug yourself, rub yourself, pat yourself on the head, give yourself a little, it's okay. I love you so much, but let's focus on something positive. The more that you do that, the easier it will be to embody the ability to be more positive and to enjoy things. Because once we become more positive, our default mode is to be more positive because you're creating this program again and again, and you're carving that knife into a new program that is, I am positive, I am positive, I am positive. Again, you don't have to do it in a crazy way where like everything is positive and beautiful and butterflies and rainbows and everything is perfect. Everything is perfect. I'm perfect. I'm perfect. I love my job. I love my life, everything. But being realistic about it. What are some things that you're grateful for? Are you grateful for the roof over your head? Think about if you didn't have that roof, what would you be doing? You'd probably be getting rained on right now. Or it would probably be outside and it would be a beautiful night. But what if you didn't have food today? Like what if you didn't get to eat today because you just didn't have the money to get it? Be grateful for the food. It's very easy to find things to be grateful for. We are just so used to them that we overlook them. And it's a sad thing, but it's the truth. So I hope that you guys have enjoyed this. I hope that you guys learned something new, maybe. Just be kinder to yourselves and take do some fucking mindfulness. It's a very easy practice. Once you start to learn how to do it, just like you're learning how to change the oil in your car, if you learn it once... And then you practice it a couple times more, you're probably going to get really good at it. And then if you take a couple months off of it, you'll probably have to give yourself a little bit of a, oh, how did I change the oil? Let me just look at the instructions again. Oh yeah, that's right. And then it comes right back to you. How do I get mindfulness again? Let me do the five, four, three, two, one method. Let me focus on my feed. And then you can focus. Body scanning is a great one where you're focusing on everything, like the top of your head, focusing on it. Then you're scanning your forehead and you feel any breeze on your forehead. There's probably no breeze because you're inside, but any type of, it's good to do it outside. Maybe there's a breeze. And then you start to feel your eyeballs. And then you start to feel your nose and your lips and your chin and your neck. And then you start to feel your, your breath as you're breathing in and out. You start to feel your chest move and you feel your shirt on your chest. All of these things are getting yourself in the present moment. You're focusing on things that are in the present because we don't fucking do that ever. Ever. We don't do that. We're just not taught how to do that. And then we're wondering why kids have ADD and they can't focus on shit because we've never taught them how to fucking focus. So I hope you guys have a beautiful day. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And I'm just going to not give my spiel about how I'm going to continue doing this because I'm just going to do it. If I feel like recording one day, I'm just going to fucking record. And then I'm going to continue recording. And then maybe I'll be able to do this full time finally. I hope you have a beautiful day. Goodbye.